Corner Shop by Dan Alatori. Tampa, Florida. Copyright 2018 by Dan Alatori. All rights reserved. Danatori.com. D A N A L A T O R R E dot com. I never held a human skull in my hands before. It's lighter than I expected. A texture like polished wood, not plastic or heavy resin. Like I was expecting, and the longer I examined it, the more uncomfortable it, it felt. I felt disrespectful. Parker leaned against the wall, hands in pockets, sighing loudly. It'd been almost fifteen minutes since his last beer. No concerns of disrespect there. The bell jingled as another person came into a dimly lit shop. An old African-American woman, wearing a long straight dress of colourful but thin material, a kind that doesn't get too hot in New Orleans. She made her way for the rows of glass jaws and stacks of boxes, past the hanging of tight herbs to the painted corner. A slow curl of incense rose up as sim- cinematic ceramic holder as she spoke to the woman I assumed was the owner. Come on, man, let's get going. Parker slid a little, slid a tiny glass bottom into a wooden shelf, readily close to the slot he plucked it from. You're not seriously thinking of buying that thing, are you? As he walked over to me, I gazed at the skull, turning it around. I don't know. No price tag, no meaning China sticker. Depends on what it costs. Jude, look, Parker grabbed the skull and glared at it. You can see the gold on the edges. They are holding the jaw in place. He tapped the teeth. They're all wiggling. They fell out of the plane ride home. Dropping the skull back onto his wooden, small wooden shelf, he turned and headed for the door. I'll be in a bar across the street from the Charlie and Sissy. Hold on, I picked the skull up and looked, took it to the counter. Parker stopped. Stopped and sighed loudly for my benefit as we waited. As he waited, the whole place was barbed in a twilight glow, the blue paint on the windows. So, even though it was only about 2 p.m., outside the inside had a constant feel of old going, coming light night. The rows of closed tables, which all with all the oddly named bottles, their stacks of shelves holding little brown boxes and plastic bags of dry plants, the stink of the incense, and the owner that doesn't speak. They added up a definite voodoo feel, a bet the owner enjoyed. Drunk tourists who buy a little something, something in a plastic bag with a handwritten tag, and convinced that they have a bed, magic bedtime energy of an 18-year-old, the brain skills of a MIT mathematics professor. Whatever restored looks and dog behind the counter caught my eye, but having a seven-year-old daughter, dolls often did. Coloured yarn tied with twine and stuffed with bean bags. They stared at me with their miniature gallows, all dressed in their little painted burlap clothes and little twig arms. The shop lady busied herself with something out of sight behind the antique crash register. A dawn sober expression etched into her aged face. I held up the skull. How much is this? She lifted her hand, inspected the long nails, 
lifting the emery board and running it across the side of Bendick's finger. The fruited smoke of the little ceramic, ceramic incest holder seemed to know just how to find me. I stifled a cough, resisted the urge to pull my t-shirt collar over my nose. Madam, I'm curious about the price of this. As I lifted the skull, it became barbed in light. I glanced towards the shop door. Customer entered the shop, allowing the bright light from the street to illuminate the room. She stepped outside. A small girl appeared from a room through a position of bees. She was dressed similar to the shop owner, but with long, tight dreadlocks and a youth, full, rounded forehead. May I see? She said in island accent, Jamaican, more or less. She held out her hand. I gave her the skull. She turned it over in her hands. Her big brown eyes looked only at me. Two hundred? I blinked. Two hundred dollars? The tiny head bobbed up and down. Two hundred cash? She glanced at the shopkeeper. American? Well, yeah, I can't. Um, I'm not from. Wow, two hundred, huh? with bony arms that stuck out from her dress like twig arms on a doll's. She held her skull out to me. It's, her big eyes were neither, neither happy or sad or business-like. She seemed about my daughter's age, but the same height, but older, looking led to her era. Somehow. Brett, check it out. Parker lit up the cigarette, was using the flame. Who's lighted a lead of beige briar. They have haunted towers at midnight, the haunted, the girl said, lifting the skull from my hands. We blew smoke towards the door, casting a white fog haze and dim room. It says they go through the graveyard. Where else could they, they else would they be? The girl moved away, passed the rows of her tables, and placed the skull back on its shelf. They're not to be haunted. Mmm, Parker took a puff of smoke, red tip glowing against the faint light of the store. Well, whatever they do, do they allow drinking? The girl nodded. You can drink? She grinned at me. Wanna do it? I sighed as the girl returned empty handed, scrolled back in its proper place. How much is it haunted? I mean, not haunted, the door. How many have you got? Two. Parker chuckled, coming towards the counter. Charlie and Sissy will never go anywhere except a bar that late. They definitely ain't going anywhere near a graveyard after dark, he started sucking another big drawer in his cigarette. Cool. Besides, you have Tara, a girlfriend's sixteen-year-old sister. The baby is sitting our daughter on the trip. Turned out into a disaster after only two days. Yeah, lucky me, Kelly. No interest in actually being a babysitter. And Tira had no interest in being babysat. I'm seven, Dad. I don't need a babysitter. So far, they limited the feud to a few walls of the hotel. But since he just, like her sister, the 16-year-old wanted to go out at night in New Orleans by herself. Can't say I blame her. Said he had it all. Good food, great food, great bars, the harrogans of at Saint at Patrick O'Brien's have red pit, fruit pinch frozen rum drink, the kind of happy beverage 
help fight the blistering heat and soggy humidity of the Crescent City. So sweet, didn't even taste like drinking. As soon as you ordered a third one, you realised you didn't need a second one. You needed a cab ride home. New Orleans is also had a dance club that had drugs and other mischief. A young girl would get into the night of her own. Also, like her older sister, that Charlie would be happy. A little weed and a few hurricanes. And then some drug queen burlesque. While she and Sissy helped squander your work bonus. Maybe... I walked in to the shelf with a skull. Maybe a small one. Would that be less? Parker shook his head. Are you thinking they're real? They tell you they're cra- tell you crazy high price. Just so you think they're authentic. They're fake. Ten bucks at a local. One more, maybe five. More. Little girl's voice cut through the dim. A Parker's smoke and clatter. Her big eyes locked and one wide. The small ones, they cost more. Tia would look, take business lessons from this kid. Yeah, of course, Parker grumbled, heading towards the door. I bet the little ones do cost more. Hell, now that he asked about them. I sighed, staring at the skull. I couldn't say why I liked it. I always wanted one as a kid. As an adult, we were allowed to give in to such some kid fancies. A real skull, not like the magic set I got when I was ten. Parker was right, though. It's probably fake. Too light and property feeling. Why that or some poor Chinese guy in a slave labour camp got starved to death. They sold his freaking bones off to voodoo shops. Kind of gruesome, really. And not like I needed it. But I wanted it. A bonus money would last forever. It wasn't the kind of bonus that stick in my bank account. Or all, I slid my hands into my pocket. The folds of my cash pressed hard in my fingers. Like edges of book, sharp but not folding. What about this? Parker held out a flyer. How about we take two tickets for the wooded tour, and you sell us a skull for a legit price of ten dollars? The old lady behind the counter stared at her fingers, hands, expecting microscopic flaws in her long, her long fingernails. She set the file about its work again. For the little girl held it up the fingers to her one hand. I know that girl was Parker was trying to do so before he, he did he did. Four dollars? Now you're talking. Four tickets. You pay now. Come tonight. I give you a skull then. Four tickets, huh? Quite a little negotiator, this kid. Park, how much are we talking for four tickets? He said, Doesn't matter, the girl don't won't come. You aren't gonna take the kids? No, they can stay in the hotel. But what's the cost? Fifty bucks a pop. He stuck his head. You negotiate yourself back up to two hundred, shrewd. But it wasn't. It was the price I was willing to pay to own anything, something gruesome, enough to not to be ever be owned by anyone, by me or someone else. None from grade school would have my hide. But even thinking about buying such a thing is a sin. The free garbage for us ought to pay their price for a skull, I eyed Parker. Even you can't argue with that deal. It's your money. I fingered the roll of bills in my pocket. Yep, it's my money. I pulled off fifty dollar bills, handed them to the girl. The old lady reached behind the counter and pulled out a plastic baggie. The kid held out four tickets to the graveyard tour, printed on paper and they matched a the flyer. I reached for the tickets. Any sale tax on this? 
The old lady stared at me. Jude, when you pay cash, Parker snatched the tickets from the kids. And there's no tax. I slid my wad of cash back into my pocket. Just want to pay what I owe. The old lady looked at me and nodded. You will. Her voice is old and crackled like a dingy walls behind us, around us, stained with smoke, incest and darkness, just like a shop. Parker headed for the door, where the kid held out a baggie with a sample, with the old lady's stash. For your friend. Parker didn't stop, but I took it for him. A little luggage luggy pipe, something extra, like how a donut top gives you thirteen in a dozen, baker's dozen. The bright afternoon light didn't help move but on seedy back quarters. The warm brick pavers still held a stench of prior night stale air. Spilled or urinated vomited onto the t- tiny alleyways, always drinking as establishments and business owners. The hose down the sidewalks every morning hadn't seemed to do much except push pooted sludge into the s- street where it fessed all day in a sweltering sun. Tourists, drunk tourists, didn't seem to drink for it, though. I personally thought it added to the ambulance of the city. The place wasn't afraid to be who it was, clean and pretty in the light night, and down and dirty at other times. Our dinner consisted of shrimp, poor boys, and arrogance. The girls were happy. They'd been drinking and shopping most of the day. Normally a bad combination, but since we totally flushed with money, to spend, we all spent it. So, it wasn't a big deal for the stupid skull cost $200. My bonus couldn't go to, to a save account. It went to a safe deposit at Bahamia Virgil, and it's all cash, just like the drug dealers do without, until it won't fit in a vault drawer anymore. We needed to spend on, on vacations, no clothes, and pretty good. Fancy tales, toys for the kids, and trips for the parents. Good food, good drink, good parties, and much, much more of all of it. Of all, of all of it. That's why those girls said no to Gregator. Yes, there's a counter to ladies, called to ladies. That's why Parker said yes to the baggy. He's ready to get a little back after getting his shaft in our skull scoring deal. He felt he'd earned it. It was good stuff, too, according to him. Not as good as stuff he got from our friends of Amory, but it's free. He, he wasn't complaining much. At 2 a.m., we had, we'd we been home, the girls would be back from the club. Tina would be asleep, and then Kylie would be, well, Collie would be pissed. Well, Collie was always pissed. So we headed to Dark Street on the back of Bourbon ready to tour the graveyards and take home my prize. The old men who went met us at the corner at midnight, a tour guide, according to the flyer, seemed to try his best to act the part by some someone who truly believed the garbage he was spewing. He wore to see the certain tails, a dark suit and tie, rendering stiff and formal, his accent a kind of watered-down English. The kind study guys on TV spoke, but not quite the Queen's English. Nobody ever else showed up, Parker said. A man handed us flashlights. His boots shined, even in the dark of the night. I'm afraid you gentlemen are it tonight. Parker mumbled at me and he clicked his flashlight on. Man, you are such a sucker. We was right on a walking tour and the night was just as hot as the day had been. We travelled along a few famous streets. A tournament, a guide, and explained his 
aged, faded English voice. What historic indiscretions have happened there? Within a few blocks, Parker and I were sweating, but not Tomot. The old guy had gone across them to his job, a heat in which he performed it. Parker and I were accustomed to air conditioning. By about 1pm, we seen as creepy above-ground cemeteries and listened to all Tomot's lame ghost stories. It seemed a lot of bad magic happens. After midnight, around the world evenings, even it didn't, everyone felt we still believed we did. The tour would have been fun for regular tourists looking for a scare, but it had been only delaying me from getting my prize and delaying Parker from getting to bed. Too many hurricanes, too many parting, courtesy Lepi from the old shopkeeper, but my man was tired. He was half awake when our guide announced the end of the regular tour. At the edge of the city, a horse-drawn carriage awaited. If you're so inclined, you can take the advance tour, gentlemen. What's it going to cost us, Sir Parker? Was close to slowing. Another fifty bucks? Advance tour is not known official charge, sir. It seems your hostess at the shop wishes you to receive the maximum benefit of from all your tour. A glance at Parker, who's shrugging. Well, it's says no additional charge. He had placed his hand on the sides of the garage. It slowed an unstable foot. Inside, host hosting himself aboard. Do not get to ride this back to hotel. Tumor, like Cinderella. Thomas, sir, you have been full use of the carriage for duration of your trip tonight. Tom was at top of the front seat. Biggie, buggy whip in hand. In a smooth, graceful move of the much younger man. The lady's shop insisted. I'll be darned, Parker settled in his seat, his eyes half open. The old bag had been taking care of herself at all, throwing in a horse rider's skull, and turmoil here and everything. A crack of which shot through the night like a gunshot. Parker snapped upright, his eye wide, wide, wide open. My stomach jumped as our guide turned to face us from his perch in the carriage driver's seat. Turmoil, sir. Never cracked the whip, but set the horse lurching to a trot, jerking the carriage forward, if you please. My racing pulse settled a, a bit as we rode. I took a deep breath and tried to calm myself, when a big black man pulled us down a dark path, landed on either side of the carriage and swayed and bobbed, sending eerie white shadows to the dance of the passing trees and hanging moss. Full gathered at the base of the ancient oaks, the gloom of allowing for faults not considered in daylight. Ghostly faults in the shadow, port void of night. Whispers of voices disguised as a sight of into the trees. I felt it, the power of this place. No wonder the old woman had made me come here to receive the skull. It was appreciated in realistic, realistic fashion. Giving the darkness to convey its dark origins. I stunned it now. It made me want the skull all the more. Beside me, Parker had gone to sleep at last. Passed out, most likely, but when he joined most of our hostess locality, I didn't care. I knew what awaited me in the darkness ahead. The lands were right. It was a sin. It was evil, to be sure, to quiet the skull, never a human person. Man or woman, slave labour or thief, it was wrong. Price is right, two hundred dollars to own and understand, to have and hold, 
but which no man ever would possess, a bones of dignity of the dead, their spirit, their magic, the secrets they, they alone could reveal. I slicked my lips, wanting it like nothing I ever wanted before. Head the taverns illuminated space shapes, one tail, one short, against this clearing in the trees, one on our hostess from the shop. No doubt the finale of the tour worth every penny. The swamp sound of crickets, the bullfrogs filled the air in the garage, pulled to a stop. The strong horse shuddered, her long black mane whipping against her neck, a steadying hoofprint or two, and she found a spot ready for her passengers to disembark. Eyes first out the door, breathing hard in appreciation now, my heart acting as I stepped towards the old shopkeeper. Your friend will be staying in the carriage, sir. Is one as, as much a statement as a question? Tumult lowered at glowed at Parker's eyes, shut and body slumped against the black silk backrest. His mouth slightly agape. He was done for the night. Yes, I believe he will, Tumut, I thank you. I walked to the where the shopkeeper woman stood, the air thick with impression. A young assistant that held a lantern. At their feet an incense stick burned in ceramic order, a burlap bag, like the ones from which the doll's clothes had been cut and lay, painted, lay on the dirt, its top sagged over, flopping down over the box it held inside. My heart thumped hard, raising and beating against my old collar, against my collarbones. So ready was I to receive my gift. Around me the fog crawled out of the swamp. A thick white smoke that hugged the ground, reeking of incense and the same foul stench that washed down the back street sidewalks. I glanced at the bag with an old woman, raising eyebrows. Is that for me? She stared into the black spaces before the trees. The prime picture of stony sight bit silence. It's a child. It was a child who answered. This is the box for you. I don't know the custom whether to take it or wait for them to offer it to me. Loud groaning of the bullfrogs gave no indication. A raptus rasping ebbed and crested like police sirens in a summer traffic dram. Deafening. What I had paid, it was mine. Still, shall I carry on then? Thomas aged voice managed to reach me through the swamp noise without waiting for my reply. He cracked the whip and set the horse in motion, pulling the carriage away. In a moment, the clouds of fog swallowed him up. Thomas and Parker, the big black mare, all disappearing into the back dark. I rubbed my hands on my cargy shorts, ironed the bag and burlap suet contained within it. Why am I now? The child stepped towards me. Now we wait for the skull. Wait? Wait? But I paid. You, and you will pay. The old woman crackled. But not tonight. She heaved her hand in the air. A massive knife glistened like the lantern, raised high above her head. A sharp edge gleamed as the old woman held it. Her eyes were wide with demonic rage, red as the red setting sun and burning fire with fire. My stomach lurched and stepped backwards. Do you mean to kill me? No. I let out a breath. Not tonight. She was me, on me, the speed of intensity of a woman half her age. A power overwhelmed me. She knocked me to the ground. I kicked and frailed, gritting my teeth and twisting my face towards the the knife and pushing and shoving against her, but she was ten times as strong as me. With the knife pressed against, hard against my cheek, it tipped ma- 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 
mist, mist if in my sight, and anything visible out of my left eye, she leaned into me, she rammed her hands into my shoulders and pinned me to the ground. She held me while the child rushed behind my hands and feet, finally feeling trying a rag tying a rag over my mouth. Each breath was a fight, fear and generation. Surge for me. Tonight we wait, Leon and Louise, to grasp. When you friend get home, your woman asks questions and she will come to Dermot. I shook my head, choking up on gang, straining against the ropes that now held me. Sweat gathered along my forehead and ran down my cheeks. Shopkeeper smiled as she slapped one hand around my throat and raised the knife to my eye, daring it to move. I froze at my heart, pounding. The gaps in my black, rotting teeth allowed the stench of the swamp to wash through her. They were the ones the same. They were so one and the same. They all will come, the, the women's, the children. They all come for you, the girl whispered. Fierce rust like a storm came through the treetop. Your friend, to bring them to Tumut, you would demand to come here. The old woman leaned closer, and we will be waiting. We will take the skulls, all of them. The little girl's words were hissed in the night as it echoed the dark woods as she dimmed the lantern. The smaller ones always bring more.